My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Storylines Live, the podcast where we explore the meaning and the power of the most important story in business. The one that answers why someone should buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you. This is the story that defines the very character and nature of an organization. At WordRight, we call it your capital S story. In each episode, we feature guests who have great insights on business storytelling, who can share their experiences and key learnings to help you and your business do a better job of sharing your capital S story to deliver remarkable business results. Today, we're honored to have Ken Hardison as our guest. Ken runs a very interesting organization called the Personal Injury Lawyers Marketing and Management Association. Ken is an attorney who built not one, but two multi-million dollar law firms before selling them at the age of 52. He then created the, uh, I guess you pronounce it Pilma. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> Ken then created Pilma to share his attorney trade secrets to build a profitable and successful law practice. That has grown into a multi-million dollar organization with members from across the United States, Canada, and Australia. Ken's work is rooted in a deep felt commitment to help lawyers avoid the mistakes and the pitfalls that he himself encountered while building his own farms. Ken, welcome to Storylines Live. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Anything that I missed in your introduction that you'd like to no, share? No, no, that's, that's, that's got it. That's very concise, very, very true. Great, great. I appreciate that, my friend. You know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on as a guest is uh, because you are also a podcaster, and you were kind enough to have me on your show not too long ago. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. 
Okay. My podcast is a, is a grow your law firm. And uh, basically we just interview people that I think can help a lawyer grow their law practice. You know, it might be market, it might be management. And uh, we try to be a little bit different. And I try to be cutting edge, think outside the box a little bit, because that's always been one of my traits in any business I get in. I always try to be the leading edge and kind of, you know, not go where everybody else goes. That's great. And folks, we will share with you in the show notes links to Ken's organization and lots of other good stuff. So be on the lookout for that. Ken, when we have guests on, we always ask them about their capitalist story. And we want to know which of the four questions that I shared a few minutes ago, why somebody would buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you, are most important to you at Pelmont. Yeah, I think, well, I got a bunch of stories and I like telling stories because I really believe that stories, you can teach people all day long, but when you tell them a story, uh, whether you're religious or not, I mean, uh, the Bible and the parables and stuff like that, that's what people remember, right? I agree. That's what, that's what people remember. When I'm speaking at events, yeah, I try to weave stories into it because if I don't, they only, you know, they start fading away from me. And and you ask about the end of it, what do they remember? And they'll remember whatever I was talking about with the story. The story reinforces what you're trying to get across. So the I guess my biggest story, why somebody want to go work with me is that uh, when I I practiced law for years and I made a good living, and then I uh, I was in a small town of like ten thousand people. And I, I went to court and, and lawyers and then TV advertisers started going and, and they were on TV and, and we saw that our PI cases were going down and all the lawyers at all the meetings and all the things would complain, complain, complain. And I said, well, y'all can complain, but I'm going to do something about it. So I had two partners. I went to them. I said, we've got to change the way we've got to change with the times. And they would, they just said, it's, uh, we're not going to advertise. It's unethical. It's unprofessional. And, uh, we had dialogue for about six months and I left. I took one associate and two staff or three staff. And I went out and took everything I own and put it on the line for a line of credit. And I started advertising. And I didn't have anybody to guide me. I made so many mistakes. I wasted so much money. But I did do this. I turned it in like six years. I had 13 lawyers and 47 staff. And we went from doing a half a million to like eight million. So, but I could have made a lot more. I mean, I, <laughs> I wasted so much money. So I guess, the, you know, the deal is, is I think that shows a but number one thing like for people that want to hire me or, or be in my organization. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I've done that. I made the mistakes. And the easiest way you can, you can learn by your own failures. I call them learning experiences. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. like to use the word failure because you just found out a way not to do it. You know, I've always, the, the, the cup is always half full in my, in my mm -hmm. house, not, not half empty. So I'm always very optimistic about stuff, but you know, you make mistakes, but you got to learn from them, not make them twice. And so it's like, I tell people I made about every mistake a human could make building that law practice and still did it in spite of all that. So that means I got a lot of perseverance and grit. Uh, I, I never said I had the sharpest pencil in the room. I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room, but uh, I got the grit. I, I, you know, I uh, 
if I got something in the way, I'm trying to figure out, I, I know I can't go through it. So I try to figure out how to go over it, under it, around it, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the big deal. It's like, uh, I, I often tell this, but I don't even know if it's a story. You tell me what it is. Mm -hmm. If I was going if I was going to go climb Mount Everest, and would I go? Would I want somebody to guide me, a Sherpa that had been there, done it there before, or would I want to take somebody that was a rookie or somebody like me yeah. and go up there that hadn't have a proven track record? Not when my life depended on. So that's that's the analogy. I guess you call it analogy. It's an analogy that yeah, I yeah, use. yeah, and 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 in our work too, Ken. Ken, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. In our work, we focus on aligning archetypal stories. So you mentioned the Bible earlier, earlier, David and Goliath. If you got a new client at a firm and you said it was a David and Goliath story, you don't have to be a biblical scholar to know that that's the underdog, right? Yeah, and in yeah. PI cases, that happens a lot, right? Well, oh, what, absolutely. what you just did in describing your role, that's an archetype that we've defined as the guide or maybe the sage. Right. You stepped on all the landmines before. So in your organization, what you are doing is helping your clients, the attorneys you work with, miss those landmines. They don't have to step on them because you did. Right. That's correct. And like you said, you don't want somebody who's on the journey for the first time to lead you down the path. Of what could be very expensive in terms of promoting your firm. Right. Or promoting your capabilities. Yeah. Attorney. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really great. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. Um, how 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 does your story inform the work that you do today? Your personal story is is there something about what you're doing every day at Pilma that um, you say to yourself? I get up out of bed in the morning every day because I don't want this or that to happen, or I want to achieve some level of success for your clients. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my deal is I always people say, when you ever going to retire? And I said, when, when I get up and I don't look forward to getting up and helping people mm -hmm. you know, or lawyers or whatever. Because in my own way, I think that I'm helping these lawyers because, because of helping them help people, more people because they get more clients. Mm -hmm. but, but it gives me my self-worth. Um, and it's really, when I was doing it, here's, here's the, it's not a big secret. Everybody knows. Your competition, your guys that are, are killing you in your market, they're not going to tell you what they're doing. Yes. They're not, you say, does this work? They're not going to say, you know, I, I used to hear this all. No, not really, but it is. But, but and I had nobody there. I had to learn by trial and error. So if I can save them that money and shortcut it, you mm -hmm. know, uh, I've often told people, you'll get there, you know, because they'll say, why should I hire you? I say, no, you'll probably fit, you'll figure it out on your own. It just take you twice as long and cost you twice as much money. I said, but you get there because you, because I know that they've got what it takes. I mean, you know, they're smart, whatever. Mm -hmm. I said, well, all I do is shorten, shorten the ride, get you there quicker. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. Some people, they, that. some people, that's not true for, but a lot of the lawyers, you know, lawyers are pretty smart people anyway. But what yeah. I do is I shortcut it for them, and I just didn't have nobody do that for me. And I, I, if I'd had somebody like me when I did it, it would have took me five or six years. I did it in three years. I can promise you, because uh, I didn't know exactly what to do, and I wasn't wasting money, and I and I put my money in the right places, and had my systems in place, and all this stuff. You know, it's like I tell lawyers now. You know, I had a lawyer 
hire me to go up to Baltimore, Maryland. Got a big settlement, had like $2 million fee. And he, he was kind of small, but he really wanted to do something with his money. And he, his problem was he had no infrastructure. And I said, I'm not going to give you the secrets to marketing until you get your infrastructure straight now. And he said, why? I said, because you'll you end up getting disbarred or you you end up losing, you're wasting money because you can't service the clients because right. Right. you got that kind of money. And, and he was upset with me. And, and we had a falling out. And I went home. I said, I'll give him a refund. And about two months later, he called me and said, you know, I want you to come back up. I said, well, I'm just telling you. I said, you're going to blame me if I did what I, if I just tell you the secrets to marketing, because that was one of my big deals. I had to pretty much cut off all my marketing mm-hmm. after nine days because we had so much business. This, we went from signing up 20 cases to 120 cases in like 60 days. Wow. And, and uh, we couldn't handle it. We were getting... Everybody was complaining. They were coming to get their files. We had to go. I went out and hired somebody that was a systems and processes procedures. We had to get things set up. We just didn't have it. We were doing. We didn't even have a case management system. I mean, we had to. We we had to get ready to take the volume. Yeah. Uh, that's the worst thing you can do. You know what I'm saying? Is is try yeah. to go out there and not be set up to handle the business. That's worse than not getting the business. I think. Bad reviews, all kinds. So I had reviews back then. If I had reviews now, I'd I'd probably got 200 ones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. But I I learned from it, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think this is true for uh, PI practice as much as it is for any company. We all know that a company can fail if it doesn't have enough business. But to your point, if you've got too much business, that weight can kill you. You know, yeah. you, can't, you can't take a small car and pull a big load and expect that car to survive. There's just not enough horsepower. That's right. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah. Ken, you, you work primarily with personal injury practices. Could, could you talk for a minute about the role of storytelling generally in PI cases, its role, its importance? Yeah, I think it's well. It's 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 the big deal because you're telling your client's story, right? Mm-hmm. And you can tell it to the adjuster when you're trying to sell it. You can tell it to an arbitrator if you're arbitrating it. But really, it really comes in with juries uh, because, like I said, people remember stories, right? And if you can paint that, you know, it's all about uh, how you stage it, how you how you frame it. That's the word yeah. I'm using. Frame everything. And telling your story, you get to frame it in such a way uh, that, you know, you're telling this, you know, I've actually, you know, you watch some of these movies, you, I think some of the uh, John Grisham movies where the guy sit there telling the story at the end, uh, you know, I've seen this guy say, close your eyes and this, that, that's very effective in, in, uh, Mm -hmm. in, in, in closing arguments and opening arguments, you're telling stories. Uh, but that's what it is. I mean, that's what we do as lawyers is we, we tell our client's story because they want to be heard. Yes. It's, I've had clients that really didn't care about the money. I had a nursing home case one time. They really didn't care about the money. They wanted these people. They wanted the story of their, their mother told, and they wanted changes mm-hmm. at facility. The money, right. they gave the money to a charity, okay? Wow. It, was ne- it was never about the money for them. They wanted change. And they wanted this story told. And we did it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and they and they made changes. That part of, they never would settle on the money. Like I, I kept telling the people, you don't understand, this is not about money. Uh, these people won't change. They want you to admit you did wrong. They don't want a settlement that says we're not admitting anything, but we're going to pay you this money. They just want you to, they'll take, you know, whatever. But the deal is they want you to admit you did wrong and change your processes and procedures from now on out so that this don't happen to somebody else's family. So that's a, that was a different story, right? That was absolutely, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. always fascinated me about this aspect of the law, right? Because certainly there are plenty of litigators out there who are dealing with air quotes important cases, but it takes twenty five minutes <laughs> to explain the corporate litigation they're doing, right? But when yeah. you you have a personal injury practice, you are quite literally dealing a lot of times with pr- people's lives, absolutely, uh, the fate of people who've been injured. Uh, families, their families, their families. Yeah, it's not just them; it's their families. I tell people, you know, this is one shot. It's not just about you. You know, you're not able to work anymore. What do you go? How do you got to provide for your family? I mean, really? Because listen, nobody else is right. That's right. That is absolutely right. Folks, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back and uh, chat more with Ken Hardison of Pelma about the work that he does and helping attorneys, primarily personal injury attorneys, do a better job of marketing their practices. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a hundred dollar credit on your next ad campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com/mpn to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com/mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. Hi, folks. We're back with Ken Hardison of Pilma to talk about how Ken and his organization help attorneys, primarily personal injury attorneys and practices, to better market what they do. Ken. How do you help these practices and these attorneys specifically? Maybe one way of asking it is, when you start working with somebody, what are the first things you're looking for as potential improvements? Uh, the, the number number one is is intake. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a law firm, even my old law firm, even when I was doing it, it was always room for improvement. Uh, it's like, uh, I tell people, it's like playing golf. You will never master it. You would think you got it one day, and then all of a sudden, I see so many lawyers worry about trying to get more calls when really they need to more concentrate on on converting the calls that they get. Mm. Uh, you know, and so we do a lot of things like Pim. We have an intake training class every month, um, but then it's also trying to help them get their message right because. Uh, like you said, I mean, you're having to compete with so many people out there, your competition. Yeah. You know, and I always say you got to answer these two questions when anybody calls you or any leads you get. Mm-hmm. 
why do I need a lawyer? And if I do need a lawyer, why should I choose you over everybody else out there? Mm -hmm. If you don't have to answer that question and use that as your, your, I call it USP, unique selling proposition. Some Mm -hmm. people call it differentiator. If you don't have that, then you're wasting a lot of money because you need to get that right before you start spending money. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and that's why I say a lot of lawyers just want to go throw money up against the wall and figure it out, but they really don't have a strategic plan about what their message is going to be, who their ideal client is, you know, and, and how they're going to reach them. Where are these ideal clients? What do they watch? What to, where do they go? And then also think about this. Where do these people go immediately before, immediately after hmm. they get into an accident? Uh, you know, and so for most of them, accident, uh, it's going to be hard, but after you know, they go to doctors, they go to yes. the hospitals. You know, uh, people that are disabled, they go to uh, pain yeah. clinics or rheumatologists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, workers' comp. They go to the labor union, the, the, the steward. The, you yes. know, these. You know, um, if you're doing dog bite cases, you need to go to the the dog the, the dog catcher and see. You know, and make and make a relationship with them. So you need to make you need to figure out who your ideal client, where to go, what mm-hmm. your message is, and then figure out what is it their big pain points. Mm-hmm. What keep what keeps them up at night? Um, yeah. And you want to enter uh, one of my big mentors, Dan Kenny, told me he says you want to enter a conversation that's on their mind, and that's really what the pain points are. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for people been in the car wrecks, their big pain point is. Uh, you know, the insurance company's not hearing them. They're not helping them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know what to do about their car, get it fixed. Uh, they don't know, you know, uh, they don't know how they're going to get their medical bills paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know who to trust. Things like that. And so you have to have the answer for those questions. Um, and that's where marketing comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm big on educational-based marketing. Uh, there's, there's, a guy wrote a book about the 30 triggers that make people buy. I can't remember his name right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's Joe Sugarman. Uh, but but the really, what I see with PI lawyers, there's a lot of them, the two biggest thing is speed and greed. People are wanting money and they want it fast. Uh, so you see a lot of commercials like that. I, I didn't go that route. And I, I, I know it works and I'm not saying anything bad about it. I just, I knew my ideal client, but I didn't want somebody that was greedy because greedy people are hard to please. <laughs> just, to, just to be honest with you. And, yes. uh, and their expectations are sometimes uh, unfulfillable. Yes. Uh, and, and and so what I did, I went with educational base. And so my big deal is the more you tell, the more you sell without selling. Mm. So I try to tell them, you know, here's the seven, you know, minefields you got to watch out for when you got a red case or here's how to double your chance of winning your social security claim if you do this this and this mm-hmm. all you just say ken you you get you give them so much information that they're not going to hire you right. well, no, i disagree i think you give them so much information they get overwhelmed they say well you can you help me with this mm-hmm. i mean I, like i i had a one deal i did i said here's 52 things that insurance adjusters look at when they're evaluating your claim they put a value on it well you think somebody's gonna try to do a sell, but look at those 52 things and figure it out. No. <laughs> so I think it works just the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a really great uh, point because, uh, you know, a lot of that 
education is conveyed by sharing your story, right? You yeah. got to share a story. Uh, ha- if everybody is sharing the same story about, as you put it, uh, speed and greed, then everybody's saying the same thing. And how am I going to tell uh, one one lawyer apart from another who's going to be right. better, right? Yeah. I think that the other thing that you said that was really interesting that I, I want to pull out is developing relationships uh, with people who can uh, recommend you. And those people need to know your story too, whether it's doctors, right? You mentioned um, folks uh, in, in uh, uh, pain centers or, or, or rehab facilities. Uh, I mean, because as you said, when people are really hurt, although maybe pop culture sees it differently, they really don't think the first thing is, oh, I need a lawyer. I'm hurt. I'm going to go see the doctor. I need this or I need that. And when they're ready to say, well, you know, maybe I ought to talk to somebody about whether I I need a lawyer, you need to be known by those people. And they they need to be able to say, well, if you're thinking about that, Mr. So-and-so, then maybe you want to talk to Ken or whoever the, the, the right firm is, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Ken, um, personal injury attorneys were among the first to take advantage of the changes in legal marketing that enabled them to do television commercials, et cetera, et cetera. We're in the 21st century now. You're an expert in this area. What are you seeing are the emerging trends in terms of how attorneys need to be marketing themselves. Yeah, I think, well, I think TV is not as effective as it used to be. I think there's so many TV stations out there. There's so much saturation. So many lawyers are doing it that you still get cases, but the cost per case where when I was doing it, it was like five, $600. Now it's like $3,000. It's like six times what it was 20 years ago. Uh, but the average fee has not gone up that much, a little bit, but not as much as you know. It's sort of like you're at, it's sort of like your paycheck and the inflation. It's not, it's not congruent. It's not parallel, and so you're seeing that. But I, I think the the great equalizer. There's two great equalizers. Number one, when the internet came, that really leveled the playing field for a lot of a lot of lawyers that didn't have a lot of money to go in TV and compete with the big boys. I call them 800 pound gorillas. Yeah. Um, the second thing that has happened, and it's going to really be even a bigger game changer than the internet, is this artificial intelligence mm. for marketing. I mean, it's really good for the management too, but marketing is, think about it now. Now a lawyer, because content and backlinks are king for SEO, search engine optimization. Yeah. Now a solo practitioner that could never hire, afford to hire you know, pay fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars a month for content writers and, mm-hmm. and SEO and backlinks. Now they can get on Chat GPT with some high school kid and create voluminous amounts of content and within three months have as much content as the number one lawyer in your market. Right. So that's a big deal, right? Um yeah. so and and we're just brushing that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. But content's one way. Uh, the fact that now you can do videos, they can make videos for you. I mean, I've actually had an avatar made for me. I can just type in stuff and it looks like me talking. 
so that some lawyers don't like to get in front of cameras. So now you get your avatar made, looks just like you, and it's sitting there doing all the work and you're still practicing law. That's going to be a game changer, in my opinion. Um, so I think it's, you know, I still think, I don't think TV's dead or ever is going to be dead completely. I just think there's going to be so many other ways mm-hmm. digitally and, uh, uh, you know, online marketing that's different. And it's just going to keep evolving. Uh, social media, you know, videos is like king right now. Yeah. Uh, some lawyers know how to use them, some don't. But, uh, you know, it's uh, when people see you all the time, then they need you. And then they see an ad, you're familiar with them. Familiarity is a big deal, right? Absolutely. Branding, even if you don't get them directly, just being out there in front of everybody all the time. Uh, and we've got some lawyers done very well with it. We've got some lawyers that haven't figured it out yet. We're, we're working with them. You know, um, so I think that's that's it's it's completely different than when I started mm-hmm. going on to. Yeah, it was so much easier for me. I'm being honest. Yeah, uh, I said I made a lot of mistakes. Gosh, the the competition was like I mean, now somebody goes in the TV market, it takes them twelve to eighteen months to even make a dent. I made a dent the first sixty days. I mean, you know, I saw a complete like I said, I went from twenty to one hundred twenty cases after about two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that you 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 don't see that anymore. I mean that right. just doesn't happen. Just uh, when I did it, there was probably three or four hundred million being spent on TV by PI lawyers. Now it's like two billion a year. So there's a big difference, right? I mean yes. you got you got eight times more money being spent on TV than was spent you know twenty years ago. So I mean you take car dealers, insurance, and lawyers are like the top three mm-hmm. spenders on uh, on TV. And radio right now yeah uh, and, uh, that's amazing what yeah. is amazing to me as well ken is that i mean you're a well-experienced uh lawyer and legal marketing expert but you're you you're on top of the cutting edges the, the focus on ai uh the internet right it's not just tv uh anymore. no no i said tv was probably i, I tell my members it it, it it makes lawyers lazy because they think you can just throw more money on it and get more cases, right? And and you can, but you get a you get a diminishing return. What I'm saying is, you put another thirty thousand a month on TV instead of getting you know your average cost is three thousand. Now it might go to four thousand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So instead of getting ten more cases, you might get eight more cases for thirty. You know your your cost per case goes up. Whereas you'd be smarter to go over there and do something where you can get cases for 2000, you know, or 1500, uh, a piece. So, yeah, but this has been a fascinating discussion, Ken. I, I really appreciate your time. And, you know, I just have to say as uh, a professional who works with attorneys, but with some other professions as well, uh, I, I, I would say that the popular conception is that attorneys aren't really up on all the latest in marketing but as you as you've demonstrated you have to be if you want to be successful yeah you do no lawyers are usually behind on everything when it comes to marketing and management they're always behind i think doctors are too sometimes yeah i think because they're so busy in their own practices they just don't have time to keep abreast be honest with you and that's why they need folks like you and and Pilma. 
Ken, how how can our audience find you on the Yeah, internet? it's just like uh it's pilma.org, P-I-L-M-M-A dot O R G, uh, or info at pilma.org. Uh great. Take our numbers eight hundred four nine seven eighteen ninety, I think. I'm pretty sure. Uh, we'll make sure that we get the right number and the right email and the right yeah. website in the show yeah. notes. It's been really great, Ken. I, I really appreciated uh everything you shared today. Such great questions. Uh when folks are considering hiring an attorney, <laughs> do I even need a lawyer? Is the first question, right? And then if I do, why do I need you? That's a question yeah. that yeah. Uh, lawyers, especially personal injury attorneys, should be asking themselves to answer in their marketing, right? Yeah, that's the two key questions. You got to answer those. You got to, you know, if you don't, I mean, you, you'll get some cases, but you, you're really dropping the ball. Right, right. You're missing out on the opportunity. Yeah. Thanks again, Ken. It's been great to have you on Storylines Live in this episode. Folks, that's another episode. We thank you for being with us. Please visit us on the internet, wordrightagency.com forward slash storylines or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you again in our next episode. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.